0: This is the TriDot Podcast. TriDot uses your training data and genetic profile combined with predictive analytics and artificial intelligence to optimize your training, giving you better results in less time with fewer injuries. Our podcast is here to educate, inspire, and entertain. We'll talk all things triathlon with expert coaches and special guests. Join the conversation and let's improve together.
1: together. Big show with big stories, all from the Big Island. If you follow TriDot Triathlon Training on social media, it will be no secret to you that we were in Kailua-Kona for a full week for the 2022 Ironman World Championships. Plenty of awesome TriDot athletes were there to race. Uh, Plenty more, actually, were there to volunteer and just soak in the atmosphere. And for this episode today, I've got three TriDot coaches who left the Big Island as finishers of the 2022 Ironman World Championships. Our first coach joining us is Joanna Naimi. Joanna is better known as Coach Jojo and has been coaching athletes with TriDot since 2012. She's a co-founder of Hissy Fit Racing, a third-year member of the Betty Design Elite Squad, and at the moment has 18 Ironman finishes on her accomplished triathlon resume, She's qualified for three world championships now, and she raced St. George and Kona here in 2022, big year for Coach Joe. Uh, Coach Joe is now a part of the TriDot staff as our coaching community manager. Joe, welcome back on the show.
2: Thank you, Andrew, for having me back. I'm super excited to be with my good friends, Kurt Madden and Kyle Stone today. Um, Such an amazing experience with them in Kona. (laughs) Um, What was it? 11, Something 12 like that days ago uh, so super excited yeah to get to chat with them about it today
1: next up as coach Joe alluded to is tryout coach Kurt Madden Kurt is a pioneer of the sport and a 10 time Kona finisher he has three top 10 finishes at the Ironman World Championships and is a four-time North American age group champion uh plus a four-time number one world ranked age group Ironman all-world athlete. And as if 140.6 miles is not enough, he is also a two-time Ultraman World Champion and in 2019 was inducted into the Ultraman World Championships Hall of Fame. Coach Kurt, welcome back for what I trust will be another stellar Kona-based episode.
3: Aloha, Andrew. It is so awesome to be back and be with Kyle and be with JoJo. And I know we've got a lot of good information we're going to share today.
1: Completing our Kona Coach Trio today is Tridot Coach Kyle Stone. Kyle has been coaching since 2019. He was on staff with Matt Hansen Racing until he joined the Tridot Coaching team in 2021. He is the owner of Race Day Tattoos and currently has 20 Ironman and five Boston Marathon finishes. Like Coach Joe, Kyle has qualified for three World Championships uh, racing St. George and Kona here in 2022. He is currently training for Ironman Florida, which he has in just a few weeks, as well as Clash Daytona in December. Uh, Kyle, I'll see you in Daytona. Uh, right. How's it going? Welcome to the podcast.
4: Thank you, Andrew. Yes, uh, I look forward to uh, this episode and, and talking about Kona, the uh, experiences that we had and enjoyed. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to joining the all
1: I'm Andrew, the average triathlete, voice of the people, and captain of the middle of the pack. As always, we'll roll through our warm-up question, settle in for our main set conversation, and then wind things down with our cool-down. Uh, Vanessa, will be talking with two TriDot ambassadors, June and Angelo Corisma. Uh, they just raced Kona as well, and they live in Kailua, Oahu, just outside of Honolulu. Uh, So, Vanessa will be interviewing them to hear all their thoughts on representing the Aloha State at the World Championships. So, stay tuned to the end for that. Here at Tridot, we are huge believers in using UCAN to fuel our training and racing. In the crowded field of nutrition companies, what separates UCAN from the pack is the science behind Live Steady, the key ingredient in UCAN products. While most energy powders are filled with sugar or stimulants that cause a spike and crash, UCAN Energy powders powered by Live Steady deliver a steady release of complex carbs to give you stable blood sugar and provide long-lasting energy. I personally fuel my workouts with the Orange Flavored Edge Gel and the Unflavored UCAN Energy. Between their energy mix, energy bars, almond butter, and more, there is definitely a Live Steady product that you will love. So head to their website, UCAN.co, that C A N. Dot co, and use the code TRIDOT to save 20% on your entire order. It used to be 10%, but the fine folks at UCAN have upped it to 20% off for Tridot Nation. So once again, that's co promo code TRIDOT. Time,
0: time, time to, time to warm, up. warm up. Let's get Let's moving. Get
1: When we make a try purchase, there is always a motivation to why we are buying what we're buying. Sometimes it's to save some watts. Sometimes it's just upgrading an item. Sometimes it's replacing a used item that's at the end of its lifespan. And at other times, it's simply because we are cosmetically attracted to the item. We think it looks good. And we know it will match our kit, our bike, or something else important. Kurt, Joe, Kyle. For today's warm-up question, what is a try item that you have purchased simply because you liked the way it looked? You were cosmetically attracted to the item. And, Kyle, it's your first time on the show, so you're up first. Let's hear it. Well, this is an
4: easy one. Um, I went for the flashy shoes, bike shoes, and uh, they, uh, I wanted to spice it up a little bit. Got some nice silver bike shoes. I thought those would look good. And... Unfortunately, they weren't very comfortable, and after spending three hundred dollars on some shoes, I ended up almost <laughs> giving giving them away. So I went for the impulse buy, not for comfort. And uh, and so anyway, I made my mistake there. But yeah, I've, I've made a couple of those errors over the
1: years. But that's mine, Coach Joe. What is something that you bought simply because you were cosmetically attracted to it?
2: All things pink, of course. <laughs> um, you know, I every
1: pink item you I
2: have. I am. I am a diehard fan and, and rep Betty design squad. And so I love all her designs. Um, you know, I started this a long time ago, not as long as Kurt Madden, but I started this a long time ago. And when I first raced Man's, you know, you had your choice between these black tri shorts or those black tri shorts. <laughs> um, and so, um, finding Betty, um, was, was, was key for me. And I'm all about matching my vapor flies to my Betty kits so that I get the whole ensemble, Um, And it was kind of fun for Kona this year because uh, I do go for for speed or or saving watts and all those things when I'm, Racing competitively, but this was more about taking it all in. So I really focused on the ensemble, on 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 what this get up was going to look like for racing. Yeah,
1: sure, yeah. And those Betty kits looked fantastic. There was a big Betty presence in Kona this year. Um, just I, I refer to uh, the, the, the Betty squad as triathlon's greatest sorority. Yes. Uh the, the 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 Betty girls are outstanding. They they are half of my Instagram feed at this point with how many Bettys I know. So shout out to Betty Design. Uh, fantastic kits. Coach Jo always looks great in her Betty Design kit. Uh, Coach Kurt Madden. What is this answer for you? I'm, I'm really curious here, good sir.
3: You know I had to give this one some some thoughts, some really, really deep thought and and the more I continue just to reflect on this, I, I'm gonna go right to kind of my go-to. it's it's similar to Kyle I, the, the running shoes okay during a race, <clears throat> it's really nice when people say love those shoes. Now yeah. at the same time, like Kyle said, the shoe has to be functional. But I know for me, I kind of build the foundation from the bottom up. And if you've got a nice pair of running shoes that are gonna work for you on race day and you're gonna be on your feet, especially for a fold that you're gonna run 26, you know, point two miles, to me, the shoes can make it or break it for you. So, and I've been fascinated after Kona, they've got a lot of press out about these new shoes. I will <clears throat> raise my hand and say, I am a center. I've looked at that list more than once. <laughs> I wanna make sure if and when I pull the trigger on one of those really, really hot shoes, that I've done my research, but it's really, really nice to uh, show up on race day with a nice pair of shoes.
1: I, I'm going to, Kurt, I know when you when you pass by us at the races, uh, you always want to know your splits. You want to know what place you're in. You want to know how far behind the guy in front of you you are, if there's actually somebody in front of you and how far ahead you are of the guy behind you uh, as you're competing for those podium spots. Uh, but from now on, I'm just going to say, hey, Kurt, nice shoes as you go by. Uh, guys, we're going to throw this question out to you, our audience. Make sure you're a part of the I Am Trot at Facebook group. Uh, I'm very curious to hear what you have to say. Very excited to see your pictures of what you've bought uh, because it would match your kit. It would match your bike. You just like the way a a particular item looked over some others on the marketplace. Um, So uh, go go find the post asking you, what is a cosmetic purchase you have made? Uh, Can't wait to hear what you have to say.
0: On to the main set. Going in three, two, one.
1: One of my personal favorite Kona memories was hanging out with Andy Blow and the team from Precision Fuel and Hydration. Uh, they were doing some sweat testing from the same restaurant that was our home base on the island. Uh, on race day, there was a shaved ice food truck on the course, and John Mayfield and myself enjoyed some shaved ice with the pf team. team. Uh, good times for sure. We joked about needing to add electrolytes into our shaved ice. Earlier this year, when Andy sweat tested me, I found out that I lose more than 1,200 milligrams of sodium per liter of sweat. After taking that test, I received a personalized hydration plan and was recommended their strongest electrolyte drink, PH1500, which is three times stronger than most sports drinks. It's been a total game changer for me, particularly training and racing in hot conditions. If you have ever struggled with hydration issues like dehydration or cramping, During long, hot sessions, it is absolutely worth checking out precisionfuelandhydration.com and finding your closest center for sweat tests. You can also use their Fuel and Hydration Planner to get a free personalized strategy for race day. And don't forget, as a listener of the show, you can get 10% off your first order of electrolytes and fueling products by using the code TRY10 when checking out. Uh, Kurt, this was a comeback for Kona. There had not been an Ironman World Championship race here since 2019. It was my first time there uh, ever. So I kind of forgot about that until we get there. And you you, you could tell the town was excited. You could tell Ironman was excited. You could tell the athletes were excited. Um, So as a guy who goes basically every year, you you love this race. You love the host location. What did it mean to you to kind of see this event come back to the island after so many years?
3: it was well worth the wait and if you know you just <clears throat> put the calendar in front of you it was 36 months so if i go back to 2019 to create a little bit of context that was a that was just a splendid day for lack of a better term i think i was just honored to be racing there again at the same time have three tri um athletes qualify and all three somehow some way pele was very gracious to us that day <clears throat> that they all ended up on the podium and I, oh, wow. as a coach, I was just like, "Wow!" It meant a lot because of the history. And as I've thought about this podcast, I can go back to the beginning to see how history was made. And we all know this: that tradition takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. But every single year, we're building on that. And guy, you know, I go back to you know 1982 when I was beyond fortunate to six to finish sixth overall. This is where Mark Allen went toe to toe with Dave Scott. I mean, the Iron War. Was right there on this course. Mark won there many, many times. McKeely Jones, she won right there. You look at um, Daniela Reef, some of the great things she's done, Jan Ferdino. And this is where the champions and the age groupers at the same time can get crushed. I've seen that happen before, too. And as we say, when I look at Kona, it's, it's kind of like the bar exam it's the Mount Everest. There's going to be some casualties. And this is where um, I think you come to the the island with a, a great deal of determination, also humility. And like I told Jojo, as soon as you get off the plane, just like Mike Riley said, it just happened to me when I got off the plane. It was like, Oh, you can feel that vibe. You can feel that Ohana. There's just something about this place that kind of gets into your DNA. And I think when I look at it, it's just an incredible place. Plus the volunteers. I mean, volunteers are awesome anywhere. But on this course, volunteers are just essential. So again, it's as you can tell, it's a big part of what I do. I can be totally honest and transparent. to say I don't think there's one day in my life where I don't think about Kona in some way, shape or form.
1: Well, wow. and I being there for the first time, uh, there definitely was a feeling in the air. There was, there was a buzz. There's an electricity. I mean, Ironman does a great job with the race production of all of their events. Uh, there was something different about the way they produce Kona a- and just the, the intensity ratchets up, the energy ratchets up, um, that, now, Joe and Kyle, this was your first time coming to race here for the world championships. Uh, you, you, you both are veterans at this distance, uh, Kyle, 20 Ironman finishes, Joe, 18. Uh, you, you, you both, uh, have seen many Ironman venues o- o- over those finishes. Uh, what were your thoughts on Kailua Kona as a venue? I mean, did, did this event live up to the hype for you?
2: Yeah, uh, most definitely. I had gotten a lot of, uh, much needed advice from Kurt over the last couple of months as I prepared, um, especially after coming off of St. George. Um, and, I'm one of those people that, you know, missed a number of family vacations and invites because I wouldn't step onto the island before making it to the world championship. So I had no experience of what it would be like. You know, I I, I knew that the moment I stepped off that airplane, I wanted to take every second in. Um, that was from even looking at the airport. I was like, this is what it looks like. Oh, this is the airport. You know, um, yeah. but he, he had told me he's like, take it all in, smell the flowers, you know, feel the breeze, you know, and it, and so. I tried with everything in me to every second of that week being there to take every moment in, to enjoy every second. Um, the water to me is my, is my safe place. That's my happy place. And so getting to swim every single day leading up to the race, I mean, the race was spectacular. It was everything I wanted, but the whole week was getting to enjoy all of those moments or getting to see Kurt at the swim exit. Or, you know, for me, I said, one of the moments the highlights of my week was, um, riding on the Queen K, practicing a little bit, being a little bit nervous um, with one of my good friends, uh, Betty Design Sisters, Meg Dorito. A lot of traffic, wind, you know, just heat. And I hear Kurt's, you know, comforting voice just pulls up right next to me on the bike. I'm like, well, hello, friend. Um, You know, so it seemed to be that every moment that could have been perfect during that week just happened. Everybody I needed to see, everybody I wanted to see it at certain moments were right there. Um so I, I don't think it could have been written more perfectly. Um so did it live up to expectation? I think um beyond that. And that even you know what Kurt said about tradition and building tradition that I could just be a small little teeny part of that tradition is 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 so much to be grateful for.
1: I, I remember being on the plane, and, and first of all, the, the plane flight to Kona, um, the, the girl sitting next to me was was going uh, to the race to Sherpa for a friend of hers, and she looks over at me, and, and she was like, uh, so, so what race did you qualify at? I, I was like, I'm very flattered that you look at me and assume that I'm going to the World Championships to race, because I am certainly not... Uh, I'm, I'm a 12 ish hour Ironman, uh, but we, we got the chatting and it was a great conversation. But, um, so that, that was, that was kind of fun on, on the plane flight there, but we're, we're landing where we're coming in for landing and, and, and John Mayfield, uh, c- kind of points out at the window and is like, Oh, there's the queen K and it was just so surreal to look out the window. And, and just from having watched this race on Ironman's live stream every year, I mean, the, the view that you're used to seeing of the queen K is that helicopter view of all the cyclists biking down the Queen K. And so as you're coming in for landing at the Kona airport, that's the view you're seeing of the Queen K. And, and it, it was like, this is the view that I'm so familiar with of this location, but I'm actually here in an aircraft taking it in with my own eyes instead of watching it on the, the, the Facebook live feed. And, and that just started the whole week, Joe, we were talking about just surreal experiences. Um, Kyle, for you, once you got to the island um, and just having dreamed of being at this race for so long as a, as a legacy qualifier, uh, what was your experience in, in in Kona? Just just the town, the venue itself.
4: You know, I like to describe the 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 town, the experience. It's kind of like the Disney of triathlon.
1: You're <laughs> you, I mean,
4: yeah, because it's 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 a Disney. Yes. It's a Disney for adult triathletes. Uh um, yes, it is. The venue, you know, whenever you sign up for a race, one of the things that you're doing, and, and Tridot does a great job of doing the pre-race uh podcast. Uh, to kind of let you know where T1 is and T2 is. Do you have to get a card. you have to do this? And the setup for this race is incredible. I mean, it's all right there. There's no real uh, planning involved as far as getting where you need to go as far as out of T1 to T2 and, and all of that. So the setup for it is it's perfect, I mean, as far as the race layout itself goes. And then, you know, where we stayed, we were fortunate to stay right off uh, Alihi Drive, right – right down from where Kurt was. And, um, you get up in the morning and there's just, it's like, you know, again, you're like at triathlon Disney. There's people running, uh, there's people riding bikes. Everywhere. There's You go down everywhere. Yeah. Um, you go down to the swim start. There's thousands of people out there, uh, swimming, uh, the pre-swim going out to the coffee boat. So, I mean, overall it's just, it, it was just a great experience. You're kind of in awe of all the people that are there. And, you know, basically with one thing in mind that, you know, the race that they've been training for, they've qualified for, um, to get to this stage of their life in their, uh, triathlon career. So, um, man, overall it was, it, it was, it was phenomenal. You couldn't set up. I've been to like, again, 20, this was 20th, uh, 19 races. There hasn't been one with the setup, with the vibe, with the atmosphere, um, that Ironman does for Kona for sure.
1: Yeah. So b- both of you, Kyle and, and, um, Joe, you, you both referenced a couple of the activities that take place during the week it just, you know, swimming to the coffee boat, getting in those training rides, um, a, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, you know, I, I recorded in Kona with, uh, tri coaches, um, Mark Allen and Makili Jones, both Ironman world championship winners. Uh, we identified that Makili has done the underpants run uh, Mark Allen has witnessed it, but he's never partaken in it himself. Uh, talk to me about race week. What, but for, for all three of you, what did you actually partake in, um, during the race and and what, what did you enjoy from all these traditions and all the things that Kona has to offer? Uh, Kyle, I'll start with you. Um,
4: yeah, sure. So, um, one piece of advice I'd gotten from Kurt and gotten from some other veterans was just to make sure to uh, get plenty of, uh, uh, swimming in as far as uh, every day get in the water just get yourself familiar with the salt how salty it is so every morning we would get up and go just do a uh, 30 minute swim you know again we went out to the coffee boat um, that was quite a quite an experience just to be able to participate in that um, we did the uh, underpants run that was fun exciting uh, to do I didn't think I would ever uh, participate in doing that <laughs> Uh, so that was a pretty, and then, you know, you have uh, we, my wife and I had setups and both of us were both racing for uh, legacy. We, we set up a photo shoot, um, that was, uh, with Scott Flathouse. He's a pretty, f- um, popular photographer that, uh, in the triathlon world. And so, um, you know, the banquet, the legacy banquet, uh, going and seeing, uh, you see pros everywhere. So you stop and talk to them. It's quite a bit of, uh, things that we, participated in with not in you know in addition to the um the athlete village hoka had a huge um setup uh, tri-dot over at kai eats we had every day we had people that were coming there when we were handing out backpacks uh tri-dot backpacks um so there was a lot of festivities uh to be done but uh uh, try to keep in mind in the back of your mind that you're you've got the race coming ahead so but i think we balanced it pretty well I, i Probably it's hard for some to, to be able to, to cut back, but I, I think we were pretty disciplined in getting back to the, uh, condo and getting some rest.
1: Yep. I, I did partake in a swim to the coffee boat and back, uh, John Mayfield and I went out there. Um, and, and what you don't think about, cause I, I, I like coffee, big fan of coffee. Uh, you don't realize by the time you get out to the coffee boat, you know, your, your mouth has taken in some salt water. Uh, and so I drank my entire cup of coffee. Absolutely. I, I, swam out there for it. I earned it. Uh, but that was the saltiest cup of coffee I have ever had. And it's not, I mean, the, the coffee itself was fine, but my mouth was just so coated in salt water. Uh, but I, I drank every bit of it. Uh, that was an interesting experience. I did not get to do the underpants run. Uh, I was recording our podcast with Mark and McKeely uh, shortly after that. So I wanted to make sure I was ready for that. Most of my week, uh, during the race, uh, week was spent at Kai Eats meeting with athletes and meeting with some other, other people. Um, I did uh, get to go to, uh, Bob Babbitt every year has what he calls the, thank God I'm not racing party, uh, the night before the race for all the people who are not racing. So, uh, we got to go to that and, and meet a bunch of people there. And so that was a lot of fun to, to partake in that, uh, tradition for the triathlon industry. Uh, coach Joe, uh, what did you do while you were there in Kona?
2: Well, I tried to balance, um, you know, when you have a friend like Mark Allen, wink wink um he's a good friend he's Yeah. he's a good friend um it's it, it's nice to get into um the aloha reception early on when i got there and i was kind of starstruck the entire time um just quite an amazing experience um to sit and talk to christian Blumenfeld for 15 minutes i'm like sure somebody pinch me is this my life um so in, in that same respect, I just was determined to do all of the, the traditionally amazing events, underpants run, swim out to the coffee boat. And I just wanted to do those with Terry and Kyle. Um, I, I I wanted to be around my people, my friends. I wanted to hang out with Kurt at his condo. I just, I, I wanted it to be, you know, all of those experiences. I just wanted it to be with the people that I cared about. And, and so that that all worked perfectly. And it also kept me pretty relaxed and calm, um, going into the race. Um, again, not in a real competitive, um, frame of mind, but more to enjoy every moment. And it'd be a shame if I didn't talk about our swim out to the coffee boat with, with Kyle and Terry and me, you know, we're, we're new, we're fresh onto the Island. We are completely overwhelmed getting into this water. Um, you know, this is what we've dreamed about for years and we finally get out there well, coffee, it, the, the funny thing is that Terry, Kyle, and I are not coffee drinkers. So we get out there and they're like, no, we're not drinking it. I'm like, oh, no, no, we have to. This is part of the rule. We It's going to be bad luck if we don't it's drink it. It's a
1: tradition. It. So at yeah. this
2: point, we're sharing one shot glass of coffee between the three of us <laughs> out there. Cute. And I can't, um, due to children that may be listening, say what Kyle said at that moment. Um, but it did reference that this tastes like cat blank. Um, and, he, and he yelled it loud, which was great because I'm sure they're like, oh, look at these hillbillies from Texas that are now racing in um, Kona. Um, but that was a moment like that's one of my favorite even memories of thinking about the three of us out there. We'd waited so long for this moment. Um, and we, I was like, no, we have to drink the coffee. Um, so we did. And um, <laughs> and we're still not coffee drinkers. Um, no, no. Yeah. And so um, but again, that was just one of the memories, and all of these events leading up to, like I said, like riding next to Kurt. I'm like, is this my life? I mean, somebody please bench me. But it was, it was just so much to be grateful for.
1: So Dot, of course, was on the island for the first time as a brand, and we had a great time. I mean, we we mixed and mingled with some other brands. We uh, had some events with uh, with our athletes. We recorded a podcast with Mark and Makili that everybody got to enjoy a few a few weeks back. Uh, we we had a dot coach get together, Kurt, at your condo. Um, it, it was very cool to be there as a brand. Um, did, did, did the three of you as athletes and coaches enjoy just kind of seeing the TriDot colors waving proud all week on Elite Drive? Kurt, was that kind of a, a new fun addition for you?
3: It was. It, it, again, this is where the giants of the sport are. This is where the the big fish are. You know, everyone that is there is typically is qualified or they're on the legacy program. So I think it was really, as I reflected on the week, it was about pride that I look at our journey at Tridot. And a lot of people as they've watched our brand get bigger and better. And the addition of Mark and, and McKeely and Joanne moving in full time is, you know, supporting our coaches. It's like, you know, I think we've arrived. That we are a cult, but it's a good cult. <laughs> and I think that presence, that, that the word is out there. And I think just the vibe and the camaraderie, you know, when Makili Jones is messaging me the day before, like, hey, you're going to have a great race, make the best of it. And then she says in a very nice accent way, giddy up. I'm like, wow, yeah. who was that? That was Makili Jones. She just reached out to me. She's got plenty going on. You know, Running into Mark Allen, that was huge. Being with... You know, Joanna out on the queen cam, like she said, that was great. Um, You know, the support from everyone, just Kyle with the guy, the nice t-shirts that he made. That was just really, really cool. John, I mean, John doing everything he could. I knew Jeff, for Jeff being there, that was huge. His eyes, I think, got so dilated for the whole time to say we've arrived. But I think it's something that, you know, we did it right, we did it well. And um, it's just so nice to be a part of this organization that it's like, when we think about our legacy, I know for sure we are gonna remember 2022, how Tridot had that presence, that efficacy to be there and, and just interfacing that, as you look at a Mike Riley, you look at a Bob Babbitt, you look at everyone, it's kind of like in a nice way, I would call them kind of their, uh, our extended family. and And that's good. We've yeah. got a real, real good, strong network. And I think our future looks really bright, but when we can have presence in Kona, it doesn't get any better than what we did this past year.
1: All right, so let's talk about the big dance, the big day. Let's talk about the race. Um, There were two race days this year. There was a race on Thursday and a race on Saturday. Um, All three of you shared the course on Thursday. Uh, I'm just going to go one by one, and I just want you to hit me with your kind of mini race report, sharing your thoughts on the swim, bike, and run uh, this year in Kona, uh, and, and including just any noteworthy stories from your time on the course, uh, I'm, I'm confident I'll ask each of you some follow-ups as you go along. Uh, coach Joe, let's hear about your race first.
2: Oh my, um, breaking it down. It's, it all comes back. Um, you know, starting the swim, I have a super close friend. That's one of my Betty design sisters, uh, Sonia Barth, who is a multi time Kona qualifier and racer, um, uh, meeting her for the first time after being super close with her for three years on the squad, um, getting to start hand in hand with her in the water was just just incredible. Um, the, the swim was amazing. Enjoyed every second. I, I definitely tried to savor it, didn't want it to end. Um, you know, so I tried to take it all in very smooth, uh, very salty. I, I do agree, Kyle, on that. It, it, it is definitely, you're a little tired of that salt water by the end of it. Um, but it was absolutely beautiful. Went by really fast. Um, tried to heed a lot of advice from Kurt, um, on the bike. Um, I played it very conservative, Um, started to get pretty warm, pretty quick. Um, and so my, my thoughts turned were I'm going to, I'm going to make this a game of let's, let's keep yourself as cool as possible. Um, throughout the entire bike ride, I was very cautious on the first half. Sure enough, get into the climb to Javi and I drop my chain bike lock, bike locks up. I fall to the side. Um, I'm like, Oh, wake up call. Um, so pulling my bike to the side and it's got it, you know, I have a chain jammed against the the bike frame, um, cut myself all up, getting that out, getting that done. Um, and now DI2 doesn't work. Um, so oh, no. I'm in crash mode, um, freaking out, you know, I'm like asking people near an aid station, does anybody know about the I2, you know, and, um, not getting any help on that. Um, I messed with it for a while, got it working again, got up the climb to A V and had, had someone there help me to kind of go through the gears and make sure all of that was, was good. Um, so that, that, that was a stall for me. And that kind of throws you off your game because you are then kind of worried about the rest of the bike ride and whether I'm going to, um, have any problems. And again, chain dropped a number of, I think about three or four times after that. Um, so I just at that point, I, all I could think about was Kurt saying these aid stations are far apart. You need to make sure you've taken in enough fluid, enough electrolytes. So I proceeded to stop at every aid station, put ice in my helmet, take in as much as I could. And the, and the beauty of it is that when I hit the run, I felt great. <laughs> I was just like,
1: oh, well, good. I haven't done, yeah. I haven't
2: done much out here today. Um, so I, I really tried to take it all in. I didn't know where I was located in, in comparison to to Terry and Kyle ahead of me. I knew that they had passed me on the bike. Um, and so uh, it was nice to have some switchbacks there and be able to see where they are and that I was not far off. But probably my favorite thing of, of this whole journey was that, um, you know, to be running in the dark in the energy lab and to hear, we call him Scooter, but Kyle's voice in front of me. And I'm like, Scooter? He's like, Joe? And to get to run up on them with eight to nine miles left in this entire race and to get to share those miles with them on and off, talking about our journey over these, you know, 15 years and laughing at ourselves and feeling like scrubs at Kona. And, um, you know, and then getting <laughs> to have that time was probably uh, the best part of all of this. And uh, and then telling them, y'all need to go ahead. I like, no, 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 no. We're going to finish this thing together. I'm going to carry each one of you on a shoulder as we go through the finish line, and I'm like Kyle,
1: that would have been a sight. Um, yeah, Kyle,
2: no, I know your back condition. I coach you. I know. I know we're not. No, no, that's not going to happen. It's time for y'all to have your moment, and then let let me have my own. <laughs> um, so that was a that that's kind of a long rendition of of the highlights of my day. Um, but uh, again, I probably answered for some of Kyle
4: there. I was racing on Thursday with uh, I believe four other um, groups, uh, groups of men. Uh, Kurt was, uh, one of them. Um, uh, our age groups just happened to fall in the, uh, the, to kind of d- divide up all the athletes for Thursday and Saturday. So I started about 40 minutes behind the, the women, uh, in the race and, uh, the swim, you know, I, I was really prepared for the swim. Uh, I know a lot of guys, we had, over 600 athletes in my age group, and when the cannon went off, some of the guys weren't even coming down the stairs yet. It was such a big group of getting into the water. So I was fortunate I wasn't in a big uh, group of people, and Kurt had warned me about that. The first 300 uh, meters is going to be just a madhouse. You're going to have to go all out. And Fortunately, um, I didn't really have to do that. Um, swim went great for me. I'm not a strong swimmer. Came out, uh, did a, a 117, which was – was good for me. Uh, I'll take it any day. Um, got onto the bike and, uh, I tried to take it easy on the bike. Uh, I, I feel like that looking back on it, I over biked a little bit. Um, I kept the Watts, but I kind of went up, uh, those rolling Hills. I'm not used to the altitude. So, um, as far as the climbing goes, being flat here in the Houston area.
1: And, and, and Kyle, I heard, I heard that when you passed Joe on the bike, you you, you gave her a pretty a pretty hearty uh, pat on the back that oh kind of caught my. her off guard
2: yeah. on the de- descent yeah. from yeah, Javi, t- I feel feel this pat on my back. Hey, girl! <laughs> I'm like, oh,
1: Yeah, I'm I was.
4: I was a little nervous that she was going to wreck both of us, but I was confident that she would, uh, she was going to be okay. So I just gave her a nice little pat on the back and saw how she was doing. And then, uh, of course I, about mile 90, I caught up with my wife and, uh, she had her little light flashing on her QR that it's still flashing today. I'm looking at it. We're in the, I'm in the room training room. We can't get it to turn off. It's been flashing for two <laughs> what weeks. What a battery. Uh, it's unbelievable I mean like we can't get the battery out we can't get it to stop flashing and so uh yeah so I passed Terry at about mile 88 and uh she gives me a uh you know a comment what took you so long uh so I had that that going on and then uh but I got hot I really did uh, you know there's there's no mistaking that that island is very hot very humid it'll suck it out of you and so um yeah, I'll get to the, uh, uh, to the run and I get to T2 and it was probably the longest T2 that I've ever taken. Normally I'm out in two or three minutes. It took me 12 minutes to get out. I, I looked at my watch. I knew I had 10 hours to, uh, get the, uh, marathon done. And I thought if I could just take about an hour and a half, two hour nap, I could get this thing done. And the, the guy in the T2 tent says, you got to get out of here. You can't do that. So, I was pretty tired. I don't. I don't know what it was. If it was just the travel, um, if it was. I didn't think that I overdid the activities. We came back and had plenty of rest. We brought our own food, which was one thing that was great. So we cooked in every night. Didn't have to worry about the restaurant. But I was pretty spent after the after the run. Uh, I mean, after the bike. And so my wife actually made it to T two, caught up with me at T two, and I told her to go ahead and go, go ahead and run. You know, you're feeling good. She was feeling great. And uh, we ran by Kai Eats. We see everyone there at Kai Eats. And um, it was awesome uh, to see the, the, the TriDot uh, people, everyone there. Um, and then at the turnaround down to Leahy Drive, where my, my family was there, um, Terry stopped and she was like, you know, we get this opportunity once um, to be able to do this. And it just, just so happens all the, you know, the, the stars aligned for us to be able to see each other on the run and being at the same spot. So she, she actually waited on me pretty special moment. I didn't think that it would be possible for us to, to be able to finish together unplanned. Sure. Uh, of course. Uh, we thought about it at one time. We thought, no, we'll do our own race. And as it turned out, it, it worked out wonderful. Finished up, got to finish up there with Joe a few minutes later. Uh, and, uh, Jeff was down there, Boer, uh, you were down there. Um, John Mayfield was down there. Um, and I actually had a lady from Ultraman, Jen, who does Ultraman Florida, lives in there. And I had volunteered at Ultraman Florida this past year. And uh, she was at the finish line and uh, gave me a big hug. So that was, it was a pretty special moment, you know, for uh, for us, uh, for me, kind of the end of a, of a long journey. So um, anyways, awesome.
1: Yeah, and for for some context for folks, when you all found each other in the energy lab in in the dark, um, it was real dark out there. There are no lights. um, And and so for for Joe to hear your voice and vice versa uh, and and to connect up way out there, um, that's a dark course out there. And and Kyle, I'm struck by you talking about how just you came off the bike, you you thought you had conserved your energy well, but you just felt a little depleted. We we heard from several athletes um, from, from the weekend that they just... At various stages of the race, just did not have the gas in the tank that they're used to to having or feeling. I mean, you you hear about the conditions. Uh, in in Kona, Kona is famous for tough environmental conditions. Every spot on that entire course, you are baking in the sun of Hawaii. Uh, it, it is amazing. You you John Mayfield and I drove part of the bike course. There's nothing out there to block you from the sun, uh, to, to 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 shield you from the wind. Same thing on the run. Very few parts of that course are shaded. Um, so kudos to you guys for taking that on. Uh, but, but that I'm sure that was just part of it, right? Just kind of experiencing those conditions for the first time. Uh, now, Kurt, I saved you for last. Uh, you, you've been here before. Uh, but I know it never with all those conditions we're talking about, it never goes the same way twice. Uh, tell us about your race. Yeah.
3: Thank you, Andrew. You know, as I really tried to get my head, um, you know, really focused in on on, you know, this race. And for me, the last minute, like, okay, this is going to happen in like 30 seconds. It's going to happen. That experience right there is worth the price of admission. It really is to go through that mentally and boom, we take off. The water is really clear. I'm looking. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go off the front right away. All of a sudden, two guys are sprinting, and I'm like, "No, I'm going to let those two sharks go." Don't think but I will. Yep. Don't no, think. I'm Here's another go. guy. He looks about the same, and I just kind of really connected right on his feet. He was good for about 500 yards, and then he just came up a little bit short. I'm like, "Okay, I can't. I can't be a. You know, I can't sit here. I've got to go ahead and just go on." So it was like 10 minutes later, I had already caught up to a woman who had left 25 minutes before me. And then I got to the body glove boat and one of the straps on my goggles went over my head. Oh no. I said, yeah, okay, I got one more strap, but this thing is just flopping in front of me. Let me put it back. I glanced at my watch, it hit, hit 29 minutes. I'm like, okay, I'm at the turnaround in 29 minutes. Go around the other boat, coming back, you've got much more of a current. And then as I came back, it was just passing woman after woman, trying to be respectful and mindful and watch the buoys. Came out in about 104, no problems in T1, get on the bike. Everything is going like muy out bueno till about mile nine. All of a sudden I start passing a guy on the left and the wind is blowing from the left to the right. Simultaneously, a marshal comes up and he says, you're drafting. And I said to myself, well, what did he just say? I was drafting. I think I was trying to pass somebody. He says, so you have a five minute penalty. And it was just like getting hit right in the gut. I'm like, oh my goodness, what just At happened? At mile nine. At mile nine, yeah. we still have a lot of race left. And, uh, you know, five minutes later, I'm like, did that just happen? Yes, it did. 20 minutes later, I'm like, okay, I'm hitting 170 watts. I'm going 23 miles an hour. This is my love language. I'm like really dialed in, but I can't change what happens. So I've got to just man up. I've got to get in this penalty tent out at Waikoloa. So I get out there and I pull into the penalty tent. I got to sign the sheet and this... Volunteers like, do you want to hold the watch? I said, no, you you can hold the watch. I'll suffer for five minutes here, but do you have like a plastic bag or uh, something I can put over my head so no one can see me? And this it's the <laughs> tent of shame. And I'm thinking,
1: you know. And, you, and your beautiful bright red Tri kit in the penalty box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get up to Javi,
3: and all of a sudden there was a group that got there, and the poor kids were trying to get the special needs bag, and I'm yelling, one five two five and they're like we can't find your bag and i'm like no it's actually there i put it there please find it and they're trying and they're getting stressed and i'm getting stressed and i said you can't break off you've got to stay here and write this out it's beyond your control if you leave now this will be fatal yeah. You're yeah You, they you, found you, you my need bag. what's
1: in that bag yeah
3: exactly and it's beyond your control so i just the, the poor little you know kid was crying and i'm like hey relax you did good I just need my my superstar. I need my precision hydration. Aloha. And I took off. I pull into to T2. My bike split was about six oh five. And I said, okay, well, that's fine because you took a five-minute break in the penalty tent and then you're with special needs. So you're good. Yeah. Make sure you get your water bottle, get it with ice, get it with Gatorade, and here we go down Alihi Drive. And oh my goodness, Alihi Drive is everything that you don't want on, on race day from people are out there with garden hoses spraying you off that first aid station seemed like it was forever when i think it was like 1.6 or two miles i didn't feel super good at the start but i felt much better than i i thought i would then i got to the turnaround, i come back and all of a sudden i see andrew harley yeah you did perfect timing what a catalyst what a boost andrew i say that sincerely you're like kurt do you want to know how you're doing? I says, Andrew, absolutely. So you're looking real quick, you're running along. I, I, I had to
1: jog with you, yeah, to, to have enough time yeah. to pull up your your age group and see where you <laughs> were. I, I should have been ready, Kurt. I, sh- I should have known better.
3: But to, still at that moment, that was that was so encouraging. Before I know it, I'm going up Polini Drive. And right then I see Heather to and the encouragement, like, Kurt, you got this. You just gotta get up. And all of a sudden I get to the next aid station. There's John Ferdino. Yeah. And I'm like All the rock stars. He was
1: volunteering at an aid station. It was
3: so cool. Yeah, to Heather, to Ferdino, and I'm like, okay, you're at Polani now. You're on the Queen Cam. Get down into the Energy Lab, like you said. Coming back out, I saw I saw Joanna, which was kind of cool. And then I get to the top, so I'm running down the Queen Cam, and I never, never realized how dark it was. I don't know if it was a combination of late start. But it didn't cool off Pele. I don't know if he had like, you know, COVID or whatever, but he didn't want to cool it off that night. I'm thinking typically when it gets dark, it starts to cool off. But I'm like, I'm going on a downhill. And I just like you said, my batteries were just flat out drained. But it was nice to come up that last little hill. I saw Julie Moss, of all people, again, volunteering at an aid station. It's like, that's class she is just out there doing what she needs to do then you come down polini and then you make a laugh and you make the right and and i know all of us The last 200 yards it really puts us in a great spot to say wow this is where champions are made this is where age groupers have their moment and this is where people can crumble in the last 200 yards but the last 200 yards is always electric so i just again i was pleased i looked at my results eighth i said you know I'll take it because I know for sure as I went through after the race and really reviewed people in my age group, there were probably at least five people that could have, should have beat me, but somehow, someway, I just kept hanging in there to finish eighth overall.
1: Oh, congratulations on that, Kurt. You know, they, they, they talk about the swim starting on the famous Digby Beach and they talk about the the uh, finish line on Ali'i Drive and I never realized how close that finish line is to where you started. The finish line in Kona is basically right on the edge of the bay, right by where you get in the water for the first time on Digby beach. And so it's so poetic that you finish this race right where you started it. And I never realized that like, like just, just hearing the stories, watching the race coverage when you get there in person, that was so cool to see how you're, you're, you're crossing that finish line right at the same spot on Ali'i drive where you got in the water, uh, hours earlier, obviously. Um, so, um, at that finish line this year, um, there were three different MCs calling people home. There was Mike Riley doing most people, obviously. It was his final Kona. Um, But two other announcers were kind of subbed in from time to time just to give Mike's voice a a break, I would imagine. Um, So not every athlete got to have Mike Riley call them home at his final Kona, but all three of you did. Um, So tell me about your finish line experience and what you remember from Mike calling you across that finish line. Kurt, what do you remember from that?
3: Mike is is really a class act. I I don't know if Mike has actually memorized my my resume or the things I've done in this sport because he he really came through and I could I could sense that I was I was actually coming down Pelini and I could hear the other announcer and I know with with Ironman they have a spotter so they pretty much know and it, it's kind of uh, I really cherish my relationship with Mike in a good way that he's always 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 taking care of me so as I was approaching. You know, the finish line, Mike literally went above and beyond to to go through. It's kind of like Andrew in an ice way. And I'm humbled. I I really am that that he nails it. It's just it's electric to to get that, you know, that 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 moment with him. Um, A lot of people kind of kid me. It's like, so how much do you pay Mike for each race? I know there's an additional cost on your entropy because Mike always goes above and beyond. But at the same time, I think he is a man that is or an individual that's out there for the athletes. It's not about Mike. And if you get to know Mike and you listen to him and you read his book, you see that, that Mike is going to he's got your back. He's in your corner. He's, gonna, he's in that rabbit hole with you all the way to the finish line. So it was huge. Um, it doesn't get any better than that that to have that opportunity. And I think, again, with Kona, if you can honestly assess to say, number one, I finished it. Number two, I executed. Number three, I followed my race plan. And number three, I came across that finish line and I, I mastered that course. In our world of triathlons, to me, you're, you're at the highest level, no matter where you finish. It's like, that's it. It doesn't get much better than that. So Mike, again, went, went way, way beyond what I would expect.
1: Yeah, and I was I was there for all three of your finishes, and and for Kurtz, uh, he he was ringing off your resume. Here comes Kurt Madden, thirty three time Ironman finisher, ten time finisher at Kona, and he it, it was it was very 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 well done. Uh, he 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 certainly gave gave you your due in that moment. Um, Kyle, for you as you were crossing that line with your wife Terry, uh, you you had a you had a little bit of a different interaction with Mike. Uh, tell tell us what he said to you.
4: Yeah, he wasn't. Uh praising my uh my accomplishments so much as uh <laughs> when we uh came across the line uh i i gave my wife a kiss and and we were kind of interrupted we wanted to get some pictures you know and so there were some people that came through so we we did it again and and mike tells us to take it back to the room so <laughs> that was <laughs> uh that, that was pretty funny but no i have uh, you know mike has been at quite a few of the races uh, Arizona, Florida, um, obviously St. George, a couple of times there. And, uh, from what I understand, he's, uh, he'll be at Florida and Arizona and I believe New Zealand at uh, the last is going to round out the year, uh, this year. But so, yeah, I, I, was, when I did my 12th at Ironman, Texas, um, he gave a, uh, gave me a shout out that, I was a um legacy athlete, just completed my twelfth one. And so we uh my my daughter actually has the recording of him, of him saying that, see it, Kona, buddy. And so for that to finally happen after, I guess, like Kurt said, 36 months later, uh, finally get to the stage and and have that and complete it with my wife. That was awesome. Great with uh, great that Mike was able to do that. So um Yeah, that's one of my uh, favorite parts of the whole race.
2: Well, some of you may know because I talk about it quite a bit, but Mike and I have quite a history. Um, I have been known to snag a kiss or plant one um, with Mike. It's become kind of a joke between us at different Ironman races, and it all started in my delirium as I crossed the finish line at St. George. Um, and unknowingly kissed him on the cheek, um, which became an infamous picture. But uh, we've chatted at, at races since then in Des Moines and joked.
1: And on the podcast. And on the
2: podcast, we followed up with the podcast, um, which was such an honor to record with you, Andrew, and him. Um, yeah, right past his um, you know announcement of retirement, so that was really special. Um, as for the finish line, you know, I had joked with him, okay, well, how are we gonna follow this up in Kona? I mean, are we gonna dip? What are we gonna do? Um, and um, found out he would be in the tower. And so with the lights and the flags and the noise and coming through the finish line, um, I, I have one of the longest names ever. Um, so he did announce my name, but I, I was looking for him. If you look at the video, I was looking back to try to find him, but I couldn't see cause it was so bright. And then I did get did get his recognition when he was like, Jojo, you are an Iron Man." So, um, you know, it was it was special. It was that was very special to me because um, I just admire him so much. And it was such a, um, a, you know, historical moment for him to be calling his last Kona. Um, And I I was just blessed to be a tiny part of that day for him. And uh, when he announced that, it was super special.
1: So Joe, one cool thing for me and, and watching you cross that finish line. I, I was in the stands uh, in, in the VIP area, so I had a great, a great perfect view of, of you coming across. And the person that put the medal around your neck was none other than out coach, Ironman champion, Mark Allen. And, and we've all gotten to know Mark on a lot of film shoots, a lot of work meetings. Uh, a a lot of events together now. Um, and and he's just become a a dear part of the Tridot community. Uh, but, but Joe, what was really cool for me, uh, and and knowing you spent some time with him, there was just the biggest smile on Mark's face as, as he, as he, kind of rushed up to you and put that finisher medal uh, around your neck. Uh, did, did you even realize in the moment that that was Mark doing that?
2: I did. I did. It was, you know, after looking for Mike Riley and then having the, <laughs> the blessing of having Heather, who's a good friend of mine, and not knowing that she was going to be my catcher um, at the finish line, and then just following that up and, and seeing Mark's face, um, it's really life is so funny. I mean, it's, it's, it's full circle. I, you know, started this journey long, long, long time ago, um, subscribing to Mark Allen online for a training plan (laughs) (laughs) uh, that I would check every day. And, um, I, every once in a while, I might get an email response on a question for Mark Allen and I'd run in there and tell my husband, Oh my goodness, Mark Allen just emailed me. Um, and then come full circle to be, um, on the tridot staff and to have Mark, come on as one of our, um, coaches and get to know him personally and hang out and develop a friendship with him. And, you know, you know, you, you have such ideas about what these, what these tri celebrities, you know, are like, and he's such a normal, wonderful person. And we have developed a friendship and it was really one of the most special moments in my life because, um, you know, we've hung out a lot this last year and, he, he's an incredibly funny, kooky person sometimes. Um, and I, I really enjoy being with him. And it was like, um, it just solidified our friendship and, um, and him being part of our Tridot family. And, um, you know, I just, I, I can't believe that that was the storybook ending um, to, my, to my Kona journey.
1: So Joe, while we're talking about the finish line, I, I couldn't let this episode go by without uh, giving a shout out to Tridot Ambassador, uh, tryout coach Greg McCauley, uh, Greg McCauley is from, uh, the, the, the South Houston area where you train, where John trains. He's a part of your, your training group. He was on a podcast episode himself when you and I, and, and Greg talked about the legacy program. Uh, Greg qualified for Kona through the legacy program. And, and like you, like Kyle waited years and years and years to, to get the opportunity to, to do this race. He flew out, he had done the training, he had put in the work, he was ready to go. Uh, and and, and Greg's body just did not respond on the swim. He got out there. Um, he normally, he's a very, very competent swimmer. He, he makes the swim cutoff with ease, uh, at all the Ironman that he's done. Uh, we're, we're confident in his ability in the water. Uh, but he just had a tough day out there and he got the swim course done. He, he did make it back to Digby beach. He was just a few minutes, uh, beyond the swim cutoff. Uh, and so we all just, just felt for Greg uh, like, man, I, I really wish he had gotten the crack at the entire course with how long he's worked and trained, uh, to, to be on the big Island. And, um, so, so I, I just want to give Greg a shout out because I was blown away. Um, fast forward to 12 hours later, 13 hours later, whatever it was, uh, on Saturday. Um, I, I was standing by the finish line area and, and, and where I was standing, uh, just kind of hanging out, watching people finish. Uh, I was right by the chute where the catchers would stage before going out and, and, you know, catching the athlete that just crossed the finish line. And, uh, I, I, I turned to my right and I see Greg McCauley in a yellow volunteer shirt. Uh, we, we, we catch eyes. He walks over to me and, and just that morning, he, he had DNF just that morning. He was pulled off the course after the swim. Uh, and, and he was like, man, I just, I just knew that, even though I couldn't make it to the finish line myself, that didn't mean that I couldn't come back and and help other people cross the finish line. And and that's what he wanted to do. Like, Hey, I didn't make it, but I want to come back. I want to volunteer and I want to help other people cross that line. And and I was, I I asked him, I was like, Hey Gregor, are you good? Are you okay? And he was like, I'm okay. And, And he went on and, and, and did his thing as a volunteer. But I, I stood there, Joe, for 10, 15 minutes. And I, I was, I was emotional. Like I was inwardly like, Like I I was blown away just thinking about how hard Greg has worked to earn that Kona course and and he earned it. He, he deserved to be there. Yes. And it just didn't go his way.
2: Yeah. and, And, and that speaks to the character and the beautiful heart that Greg has. I've been friends with him since the beginning of my journey. We started out on the try for him team forming that here in South Houston. Um, he is an amazing friend. He's an amazing athlete. Um, but I, you know, in in looking back on it, and it's it's something I I have not gotten a chance to talk to him about is that our journey through legacy and all of the years and sacrifice um, led to the honor of being at Kona, and he was at Kona, and he was on the course, and that takes nothing away from the the dedication and the the heart he put into that journey. Um, he is a Kona athlete. He is amazing, um, and him coming back to volunteer, um, you know it. It is so touching. It, it was an emotional moment for all of us, but you know, it, it didn't even surprise me because that's the kind of man he is, um, and and he is always giving back, and he is always um, looking. Um, the best in every situation and i i i will never count greg out he's going to be back he is he's a remarkable athlete um and if i have any part of it um i will i will help help him back onto that course um and and he'll have that finish i i i i strongly believe that that that's definitely going to happen
0: great set everyone let's cool down
5: Hey everyone, this is Vanessa, your average triathlete with elite level enthusiasm. Today, I'm so excited to welcome two exemplary human beings who happen to be Tridot ambassadors. They live in absolute paradise on the island of Oahu in Hawaii. They both started triathlon in the early 2000s. They've been together for 14 years and married for nine, which congratulations on your recent anniversary, by the way. And they have two beautiful young daughters, So I am super excited to welcome June and Angela to the show.
6: Thanks, Vanessa, and thank you for having us. Uh, Congratulations on your recent anniversary, by the way.
7: Thanks, Vanessa, glad to be here. Thank you.
6: Oh, and also uh, just one thing to add, um, one of the reasons why Angela and I started talking to each other was because of a triathlon finisher shirt I was wearing, uh, and our second date happened to be a run through Golden Gate Park in San Francisco.
5: Oh my gosh, I just got major shivers. (laughs) That is so cool. That's great. Um, So something I would love to know is how did you actually end up in Hawaii? Because I think you started off in San Francisco.
6: Yeah. So how we ended up in Hawaii was we got engaged in Kauai uh, initially, and it was actually a running joke uh, every year since then uh, that we would move here. So every year we'd kind of make a joke and say, hey, let's move to Hawaii. Uh, When the pandemic hit, though, um, you know, we thought, hey, it's now or never. Uh, I told Angela, hey, tell your parents, tell your friends. And so we just up and moved.
5: That is absolutely incredible that you moved. Well, it's not across the country, but it's it's far, right? Like that's a far distance to move from the land to an island and all of the details that you have to take into consideration, that's incredible. I'm really impressed. Thank
6: you. Uh, we actually planned everything around the dog, <laughs> I mean,
5: yeah.
0: because the oh, doggy I get it. quarantine,
6: was, it was going to take a month, and then so we had to build in cushion uh, to make sure uh, our, our puppy got here. Um, she's not a puppy really, but she's an oh, older yeah. dog so
5: can you tell me how the qualification for kona actually worked after doing the 70.3
6: so here's how it worked from what i understood uh, there's 24 hawaii resident slots per year uh, they were sponsored by the hawaii tourism authority and uh, this makes sure that the host state gets represented and um you know iron man started right here in oahu so it's kind of nice that the, there's a program like this in place uh, and and that locals don't get edged out
5: right yeah, especially the home race. Yeah, that's amazing. So it's always been
7: a big uh, dream and goal of mine um, to do Kona. I've always said it out loud, hoping that it would one day become a reality. Um, that wasn't our purpose for moving to Oahu at all. But when um, I, you know, the opportunity came about and we went to the award ceremony at the Hawaii seventy point three race, um, I didn't do as well as I'd wanted. But then. Um, well, we was figuring out that i was probably gonna get asked to go um and then i was like oh shoot this is real now <laughs> uh as exciting and terrifying all at the same time
6: <laughs> yeah so at, at, here's the way it worked uh just it was kind of it was kind of surreal the way it all happened so um at, at hawaii 70.3 they award Kona qualifying slots like the regular qualifying slots to the super fast people. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, those AG slots of course, depend on how many people uh, participate in each AG group. Um, Angela came in seventh in her age group and i and I thought, okay, she's got a chance for a roll down, like a normal slot, but there was only two slots available in her age AG and the fifth person got it. Uh, I was looking at the list, and number six was from Seattle. So right then and there, I knew that she would get a Hawaii slot. So I was—I started. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I started picking out like what what lens I would bring for my camera. Who you know, <laughs> who would take care of the kids? Like how I would take care of the kids while she's out on her bike ride. The things that I was going to do to help support her, um, and. You know it was, it was really neat because I was like, okay, I'm, I'm planning I'm gonna go support my, I'm gonna support Angela and I'm gonna go cheer for her. Um, and then at the end, there's this group of about 40 people in the hall, right? And Angela, of course, was the first in her AG. she's good. And I was looking around, I started doing the math. Um, and out of the 40 people I knew, I knew that some weren't Honu participants. So I thought, wow, I, I might still have a shot. So I got the roll down of all roll downs, super lucky. I snagged the last resident slot. Oh my gosh. So um, as soon as they called my name, they gave me the slot, the room cleared out. We were the last two paying for for Kona at that point. And then we both turned to each other and and we're looking and we're like, what did we just sign up for? (laughs) Because we knew it was kind of a, a huge commitment for the whole thing.
5: Oh, my gosh. I, I first of all, just have to say that you two have a beautiful partnership in terms of supporting one another. That's amazing. And the second thing is that I'm so excited for you that you got to experience this together. That is just absolutely incredible. I love that story. Yeah, Thank no you.
6: Problem. Yeah, as an aside, it really, um, I think if, I'm, I'm glad that there was a two-day format because if, uh, it was just a one-day format, we wouldn't have been able to watch each other cross the finish line, or Angela would have right. done the, I'm going to wait for you, I'm like, no, you're faster than me, <laughs> just finish.
5: <laughs> and yeah. let's cross together. Oh, that makes sense. You know, it's
6: like, it would have been a great picture, yeah. right, but like, it would have messed up her time. I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay.
5: Now I'm wondering if you may do the same thing here because we seem to have a lot in common. So whenever my family goes away on an adventure of some kind, we always ask our kids, what are their three top highlights? So I'm gonna ask you the same thing. Can you give me three of your top highlights from race week or from race day on the big island?
7: One of the top things that I always love when I'm doing races is to see my kids um, cheering me on during it or at the end. And so having them there on the course, multiple places, um, you know, June and our friend saw me coming out of the swim. Then he went and got the kids. They saw me, um, on the bike a couple times. And then again, came back to see me, um, at multiple, you know, stops on the run, um, and just soaking it all in, you know, uh, I just was there for the experience, and so I stopped every time, gave him a kiss, gave him a hug, made sure to, you know, um, again, just soak in the experience, and um, that was my, I think, my number one. Um, the the other thing, too, is even though we live on Oahu, the, uh, the Big Island is a di- little bit of a different feel, especially during um, race week, and so the other couple things is just the and there's the energy, it's so electric. Um, it's hard to explain until you go, which people I've heard people say before. Um, but it's just this amazing you're there with like the best of the best. Um, you know, I couldn't believe I was like amongst those, um, that group. Um, so just trying to soak in everything from you know, sometimes you get so focused, or I get so focused in the competition, but um you know seeing the sunset before or seeing the sunrise before the swim um you know just it's so beautiful like there was a rainbow on my bike ride as i'm coming back from the run there was a sunset just like making sure to look over look around me um you know not dwell maybe in like being in a little bit of pain here and there but really like the experience was so amazing so just
5: trying to remember that that is so awesome thank you for sharing angela so
6: for me, the top three highlights, uh, coming from San Francisco, there's a little bit of a familiarity because San Francisco is international. But it blew me away how international the, the Kona race was. You turn in one direction, you'd hear French, you turn in another direction, you'd hear, you know, Portuguese. You know, it was just amazing. It made me realize that we're here with the best in the world. It was, it was awesome. And just like Angela said, number two is the energy. Um, there is a different feeling once you step off the plane, and you try not to let it. You try not to let it wear you down because there, it's it's kind of a weird description or just a weird feeling. The energy on the island. It's if you let it, it, it can suck the energy out of you. But if you just embrace it and just take it in, you feel like you get a little bit of a bump. Um, and then the, really the, the biggest um, highlight for me was when Angela told me that our six-year-old also wants to be an Iron Man when she grows up.
5: Oh, <laughs> I have a, I have a video recording that. of it, too. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, that's amazing. I love that yeah. so much.
6: So for, for me, hearing that just made it like, oh, yay, we're doing these things that we love to do. and. Who knows? Hopefully, you know, we'll encourage her to do it. But just to hear that she wants to be an Ironman when she grows up, uh, just kind of melted my heart. And it, it, I'm like, we're doing good things. I think we're we're being okay as
1: parents. <laughs> That's it for today, folks. I want to thank TriDot coaches, Joanna Naimi, Kurt Madden, and Kyle Stone for sharing their experiences racing the 2022 Ironman World Championships in Kona. Shout out to Precision Fuel and Hydration and Ucan for partnering with us on today's episode. Head to precisionfuelandhydration.com and get a personalized race fueling strategy and use the code TRY10 for 10% off your first order. To experience Ucan's live steady products for yourself, head to their website ucan.co and use the code TRYDOT to save 20% on your entire order. Thanks for listening. We'll do it all again soon. Until then, happy training.
0: Thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and share the TriDot podcast with your triathlon crew. For more great Tri content and community, connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Ready to optimize your training? Head to TriDot.com and start your free trial today. TriDot, the obvious and automatic choice for triathlon training.